Metrospectus Audio. Now's a good time as any to talk about uh, Western Michigan's passing defense because last year it was really, really bad. So bad that S&P Plus, the uh, advanced metrics built by uh, by uh, Bill Connolly himself, our Lord and Savior, Western's passing defense was so bad. How bad was it? It was so bad it was ranked 129th in the nation last year. Oh! Yeah, it was really bad. But for real, it was really, really, really bad. And it was expected that the passing defense was going to be concerning in 2019. Because, if you remember, Darius Phillips the year before that was taken in the NFL draft. And then Sam Beal was, you know, things were screwed up with his credits or whatever. And he ended up being taken in the NFL uh the supplemental draft. I had to look it up. I thought it was not supplemental. It was a different word. But it's supplemental. He was definitely taking the supplemental draft. And because of that, you know, Western was uh, was without two all-Mac corners that were really, really good um, through the Fleck and early part of the Lester eras. And there's no doubt that Lester could recruit to replace them, but still replacing two all-Mac corners, a cornerback's an incredibly hard Hard, uh, hard position to find some good enough talent to yield positive returns for your MAC defense because, you know, as all the, the Blue Bloods go to the P5 schools and whatnot, uh, the talent kind of dwindles down to the MAC level. And for as tough as a position it is to be a good cornerback, not just a, a starting corner that can, you know, cover a guy every once in a while, maybe uh, deflect a pass here and there and just be average, I guess. It's really hard to find one that sticks out and is consistently good. Not just at an all-Mac level, but obviously in the case of the two that left, NFL potential guys. So finding new guys on the fly was incredibly hard. Uh, One of the things they did, they tried to bring Anton Curtis over from offense to defense. I believe Curtis played both ways in high school. There's a pretty good chance he played both ways in high school um, and was a corner I don't know where he went to school at, but they got him into corner, and he wasn't too great. He had uh, two picks and three passes defended. Um, Then they also brought over Juwan Dowles, a grad transfer uh, from Syracuse, and right now he is fighting for a six-year of eligibility. When he was at Syracuse, he played one year. Well, he was redshirted, and then he played. And then he busted his knee and he was out 10 games. And then the year after that, he was just a reserve guy. Uh, So then he came over to Western and did well. He led the team with 11 passes defended, started every game. And, you know, he was was good. You know, I shouldn't say great, but, you know, he was was pretty good. And you need pretty good, but it wasn't just the corners that weren't performing well. You know, safeties, there was a lot of rotating pieces there. I know that Justin Tranquil, his injury was kind of lingering on him, and that hindered his performance on the field. Um, so safety was not a bright spot, and, you know, a lot of – there's obviously just, like, some coaching changes that need to be made, and, you know, that was obviously dealt with. They brought in – you know, not only did Lou Esposito get the promotion to full-time D.C., but they also had a new corners coach. Uh, so Tim Lester recognized that there were problems that needed to be fixed, and he did the best job in fixing those problems. And needing more, all the help that he can get, 
the reason why we're talking about this today, actually, is Kareem Ali Jr., the cornerback from Temple. Um, there's a reason why you haven't, you probably have not heard his name before this. Uh, not because you don't follow Temple, assuming, but because Kareem Ali Jr. hardly ever played at Temple. And now he, uh, this on Sunday, he announced that he will be transferring to Western. So he will be a grad student, as things look. He graduated high school, class of 2015. He came over from his South Jersey high school. Uh, he was a, depending who you ask, he was a four-star, three-star prospect. Someone that they really liked and they were really looking forward to. Um, but he went to Temple, was redshirted one year, and then after that he was just hurt the whole time, and the only time he ever really saw the field was to be a special teams defender. And he pretty much just had an on-again, off-again relationship with just himself being on the roster, because he was on the roster, then he was off the roster with his injury, then he was on it again, then he was off it again because of his injury. And it got to a point where Jeff Collins last year just said, hey man, nope, you're, you're not playing we will keep you around, we will honor your scholarship, you will be part of this program, you will be important to us, you just will not be wearing pads, and you will not be playing. But, we like you. And by all accounts, you know, in my Google searching of him, a lot of people were very, very supportive of this guy, in that saying that he has a great character, he is one of the nicest people that uh, you could come across on the football field. So, uh, in terms of a personality, going to Kalamazoo with some sort of experience, with a pretty unique experience, you know, being a, um, this isn't, you know, obviously it's not the most unique or the most unheard of thing, but, you know, having a high-profile guy going to an out-of-state college with a lot of promise and not panning out because of injury, it's a perspective that these young guys that Lester's bringing in and that maybe aren't seeing the field right away for whatever reason, maybe they're just, you know, they're just too young and haven't worked their way up to the top of the depth chart yet. Maybe they're lingering. Yeah, they have pains that are lingering too that we just don't know about. He's kind of a guy, it seems like, that, hey, if he's not on the field the whole time, this guy's been on sidelines a lot, and he knows what it's like to watch football from the sidelines when you'd rather not be for years, and it sucks. And sometimes those younger guys need these these seniors to look up to and to talk to and you know he he would be an understanding person if one of these western players is um you know experiencing some sort of difficulty in that regard and you know i'm not saying that uh, just thinking of the first guy comes to mind uh like kenny lovely it's not like he's a guy that or patrick lupro you know two really like really well, uh, well-liked recruits coming out of high school that were, I think they're both redshirt freshmen now, they're either, they're underclassmen, that's for sure, but if, you know, if they're hurt at all, and they're like, man, you know, I'm so good, I should be out there, blah, 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 you know, he could be a guy to, you know, to look to for that, um, or, and also, you know, the, the best case scenario here, obviously, is for him to not be hurt, is for Ali to, you know, be, pretty healthy to put on pads and move around and be agile and be productive for, I don't know, half a season. You know, if you can get half a season out of him to play some good football, that's, that'd be fun. Um, and they, Western has shown that the team's not built on grad students or grad transfers. They don't want to keep going the transfer route. That's not what Western's done. That's not what Western's been about. 
Uh, Western's done a good job of recruiting prep students and building the team up from there. And last year showed that Western could take in grad students, and even though they had some some injury concern before, they can have productive players. I just said Jawan Dowles. He led the team with 11 passes defended. Um, but there's also Drake Harris, who, you know, he was a four-star guy. He went to Michigan, of all places. When I found out that he was transferring over, I looked up his stats, and I recognized the name. I did not realize he did not have a, uh, a touchdown at all in his collegiate career at Michigan. Sure, I knew he was hurt, but it's just, you know, one of those things where I just did not realize he never scored. And he eventually did. He ended up scoring his first first and only college touchdown uh, against Miami in the really good 40-39 to win. So, hey, you, know, you can come up huge and not have, like, the most impressive stat line, but his touchdown, obviously in a one-point game, incredibly important. And you know what? If it takes that long and it's that hard of a ride to, you know, get onto the field finally and not have the injury bug just keep kicking your ass the entire time, maybe maybe Ali could have one of those moments, and that'd be a really awesome thing for, for him to have, you know, and for Western Michigan to have, especially if it's any improvement in uh, the passing defense because last year, I don't know if anyone's told you, they sucked at it. I already mentioned uh, Juwan Dowles before and Anton Curtis, but some of the other guys that are worth looking to this year for uh, for the Broncos' hopeful production out of the passing defense. Um, maybe Kenny Lovely finally gets some play. Redshirt freshman, really, really, really fun. Obviously, if things pan out, I'm just saying the fun part because his huffle tape was fun. Uh, Stephon Claiborne, he was a corner, but he also went to safety. I don't know. I don't really judge him there. I don't know where Western likes him at either spot. Uh, TBD. Patrick Lupro, again, young guy, sophomore, uh, 5'10", 180. <sighs> I don't know. It's just a lot of inexperience here. There are three new guys at corner for the Broncos this year. Uh, a couple of freshmen, Sky Moore and Keith Jones, but one that could very well potentially just play right away. Uh, that'd be Oziah Williams. He is a uh, a Juco transfer. He comes over from Fresno City College. He played two years there. Uh, I believe that means he's either three for two or two for two, but I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't count on him redshirting. I just doubt that that's I doubt that they would go after a Juco guy in an immediate need and say you're going to redshirt. That's just not going to happen. Um Plus, like, they have guys that they need to bulk up that are still on the roster. So, yeah, he's going to play right away. Let's just That's an easy thing. Uh, but he comes from Florida, played his Juco ball in California. Now he is in Michigan, uh, the great trifecta of football, as I like to call it. I don't like to call it that. That's actually the first time I've ever said that. Don't repeat that. But here's something you can repeat, and it's Oziah's stats from Juco ball. Uh, his first year, his freshman year, he... Played in eight games, had 17 total tackles. Um, well, no, 21 total tackles, 17 solo. Um, one and a half tackles for loss and six pass breakups. Then, the year after that, sophomore year, uh, again, 17 solo tackles, 19 total. Uh, but he's a corner, so it's, you know, whatever. Uh, he ended up having four interceptions. Four interceptions after not having any his freshman year. 
uh, broke up nine. So that's uh, that alone should tell you that he's pretty decent. Uh, he he also uh, had seven punt returns for nine yards. I don't really know if I can buy too much into that, but the fact that there's a seven right in the PR gut means that the coaches liked him enough to say, hey, you should go out there in this situation, in this special teams situation, which is not very easy to do. Um, so maybe he can get some looks there because, I mean, Lester's got an abundance of uh, punt return, kick return special teams guy with, with Bird Reed, with Bellamy, Chase Brown. Maybe Oziah Williams is extra depth there too. Um, so that is something to look forward to. You know, not in just defense, but, you know, just this big, important defensive piece coming over. Because, you know, Western has not a lot of time to waste. Like, if there's going to be a run at another MAC title, this is a really good year to do it. Toledo's got some uncertainty on both sides of the ball, more on offense than there has been lately. Um, and they still look pretty good. NIU, you know, they're going through a whole coaching change. I don't really want to overstate that too much because I think NIU's in a good enough place and they recruited well. They'll continue to recruit well. That you know, It was an outside-inside hire, depending on how you want to judge it, but I'm going to call it inside because, uh, you know, Thomas Hammock is an alum. Uh, and I like the coaching hires that he has brought over. That has impressed me immensely, but we will get to that on another day. Um, you know, Eastern's looking good, but, you know, the, the, you can still beat Eastern. Central's not looking good, and Ball State, yeah, Western lost to Ball State last year. Yeah, it's also a new year, uh, so Western, I could see them being them. You know, this is a good time for Western to really clean up its act and just put it all together at once, because, you know, sure, there's still a, going to be a good foundation next year, and yes, we can still think of good ways to make everything work for a MAC title run next year in 2020 and in 2021 if things are keep going well under Lester, this, that, and the other. But I think the thing that they need to know right now is that they cannot waste time. And sure, the passing defense hasn't looked good at all. But if they can clean up its act enough to win the West, I think that is a doable ask. I really do. Key things here, you know, can can these uh, transfer corners, can Ali, can Oziah, can these guys be big enough impacts right away on and off the field to, you know, not only, you know, lead the passing defense, but kind of be leaders for the younger defensive backs that are, you know, kind of looking up and saying, hey, you know, we we have been in Kalamazoo longer than you two put together, but we realize the grind that you guys have put out, game kind of recognized game there, uh, kind of set the standards for the freshmen, even though these guys haven't been in the program the entire time, and these guys are newcomers. And, you know, that's just, that's just business. That's expected in college football. That happens to everybody. Um, but, you know, these the young guys have to have, you know, good – older players to look up to, and if all pans out right, these two could be the right guys. Uh, again, Kareem Ali's injury history, it's its something to be pessimistic about. And it's definitely something that 
you'll have to just keep checking in on on a week-to-week basis in the season because, you know, he hasn't seen a full season. He just hasn't. And maybe, you know, he'll be another guy like Juwan Dowles to appeal for a six-year to play because, you know, if especially if Dowles can get a six-year, there's no reason to think that Ali can't get a six-year. I mean, just look, like Dowles, sure, you know, he's had the injury that, that kind of screwed him over from a year, but he's played more. Ali has not, so I would not be surprised if, you know, uh, nine nine months from now we're talking about how Ali has submitted a uh, petition to the NCAA saying, hey, I want to play a sixth year. Yeah, but until then, you know, with or without Dowell's, Western's pass defense has got to shape up, and it's going to be more than just, you know, some guys feeling the legs beneath them, trying to get into the swing of things from these younger dudes, um, staying healthy for these older dudes. You know, there's some coaching, you know, the coaching just needs to be there too. And sure, like I said, Lester's made seemingly the right moves. It just hasn't been September yet. So we'll kind of wait and see to see if, you know, the coaching can have uh, positive reflections on the field from the passing defense because um, – hold on, let me, let me check my notes. Let me read that. Western was bad at it. And they would rather not be. And we can't learn everything about this defensive back unit in spring. Maybe you can learn a lot. Maybe you can learn some. Maybe you can see guys that have impressed. Maybe maybe if M Live's there and they post a cute little video of, you know, one of these corners getting a uh, contested ball for an interception. You know, that could be, uh, I don't know, that could excite me in, uh, in this time of year where there's not as much football going on. But, yeah, this is, uh, you know, as much as there's going to be the leadership from, you know, let's assume that Dowles comes uh, comes back and is able to, to play this year, it, the leadership would be coming from three transfer corners. And you kind of really want the freshman to step up. This is shaping up Goodyear to do that. I guess that's the ultimate takeaway here. But until they come onto the field and step up and perform well against the ones and see the field on, on Saturdays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays against, you know, Toledo's ones, against NIU's ones, against Eastern's ones, it's it's all just promise until then. Um, and that's kind of the case with Ali, right? You know? And sure, I, I'm not trying to pick on him because he was hurt. You know, he doesn't want to be hurt. Um, but... The leaderships are coming from those transfer guys. And the sooner Lester and his defensive staff see that the leadership is really strongly shifting over to these younger guys and they're taking over and they're, you know, performing well and taking ownership of, of the passing defense and, you know, forcing, uh, forcing the issue here, forcing the defense to be the problem here. Because the talk has been the offense has been good. And the offense has been good. And I think the offense will continue to be good at Western. But the defense needs to hold up its end of the bargain. And there's going to be points where the defense needs to bail out the offense. It can't just be an offensive team. And the sooner that Western gets some production out of the cornerbacks to help put the offense back onto the field, um, 
the better that this team's going to get, and the better of the odds that this team's going to get in winning the MAC. And that, and if that's the goal, they have to get production out of the corners. They can't keep patching things up and making excuses with it. But until then, I'm Alex Alvarado, and thank you for listening.